Welcome to the Legacy Podcast. The Legacy Podcast exists to cultivate healthy families and healthy churches by highlighting the fact that the local church is supposed to function like a family. Therefore, on this podcast, we're going to emphasize generational discipleship, and we're going to seek ways to creatively and consistently leave a legacy of biblical faithfulness for generations to come. Welcome to season two of the Legacy Podcast. Uh, it's been a while, but here we are. We're back. And on this season, we're going to take a little bit of a different uh, approach to the podcast. So here uh, today, we have a guest actually on the podcast. And this guest is by the name of Wyatt Rucker. How are you, Wyatt? Good, Austin. How are you? I'm good. Uh for those of you who already know Wyatt, uh, Wyatt and I are close like brothers, uh, and so this is uh, this is just really a fun time to just sit down and, and talk with one another, and uh, it's probably going to be a lot of funny things said, a lot of laughing that you might hear here in the in the podcast, but that's that's good. So we just wanted to offer that warning uh, up up front here, uh, but really we just want to kind of get to know Wyatt a little bit. Obviously, I know him very well. Uh, had the privilege of walking alongside him as a Christian brother uh, for, for years now and just am excited uh, what the Lord is doing in his life and uh, just it's been a privilege to to be his brother honestly and so really I just want to you know ask why a couple questions here today and, and we're going to start with one that's really broad and uh, in, in, in a very general question but the first question that I have for you why is could you share a little bit about your background, uh, how you grew up, where you came from, um, just just a, a little bit about that. I heard um, a saying that said, if you share your testimony within the first three minutes and Christ is not mentioned, there's a problem. <laughs> so I think off the rip, I'll just go ahead and say that um, I'm a sinner saved by grace uh, alone, through Christ alone, through faith alone. So um, that being said, uh, come from a household of Three sisters, two, I mean, two sisters, uh, two sisters, my older sister, Olivia, my younger sister, Gracie, and uh, separated parents, mom, as the one that raised us. Uh, so came from that, had a rough time in high school. You know, teenage years are not really fun. Mm-hmm. Then uh, kind of saw the error of my ways uh, through the redeeming work of Christ, I think, uh, just through music at first and then through podcasts. And then, um, I just got hungry and hungry. So just kept getting into the word, getting into things like that. And, uh, eventually I chose Cedarville to come to Cedarville to get my uh, MDiv. Uh, that's thanks to, thanks to Austin. Uh, we had a nice conversation. <laughs> I remember a few years ago in a car, uh, over the phone. And that was, I was edifying for sure. And very, uh, altering to my life. So I think that's just a little bit of where I've come from. Mm-hmm. Not too crazy in depth. Yeah. yeah, I remember that conversation. Uh, at the time, I, I think both, both of us, I mean, neither of us would say that it was a very significant conversation. No, it didn't feel like it. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think I had just gotten out of class and you were delivering pizzas or yeah, something was, at yeah. the time. And so uh, it's just funny to think back. You know, he called and just asked about the, the MDiv program at Cedarville. And, you know, I was able to share some things with you and, and, you know, at the time, I didn't walking away from that conversation. It wasn't like, okay, why well, it's definitely coming to Cedarville or anything like that. But, yeah. 
uh, it's been crazy to see how, I mean, that was probably less than two years ago, probably. Um, and now here we are. So that's cool. Awesome. Um, so now here you are, um, a student at Cedarville in your sophomore year. Mm. Um, prior to coming here to Cedarville and being a, a college student, uh, had you ever been involved in a church much? Um, I think in elementary school, I was really involved in a youth group uh, at a local church back where we were from. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I was redeemed or saved then. I would say it's more of just you know, it's where you go to hang out with friends. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, you're, you're you know, your good friends are at school, and then you have other friends that feed you food on mm-hmm. on Wednesday. So that's where you'd go. Right. And then um, something from that. I think that was pretty much it, though. I didn't really start getting back into church until my senior year of high school. And even then, mm-hmm. there was just things going on. And so it was just different. Mm-hmm. Uh, different ways to pr- approach church, too. You know, youth group is a lot different than what actual church is. So mm-hmm. that switch took me a minute or two, but mm-hmm. I think I figured that out. Yeah. So now here you are. Here, a Cedarville student, you... You go. You attend church here at Cornerstone Baptist, where uh, you know I'm associate pastor. Uh, you started attending here pretty much your first week week of, of school last year during your freshman year. Yeah. Um, and you actually came on as a member. Uh, what what was kind of like the the motivation behind wanting to to pursue a membership? Because not a lot of college students do that, right? As they 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 come from you know their home they still consider their home church to be a, a home church to them but mm-hmm. but you came up here and you were seeking kind of a, a membership so what was kind of your thought process right behind that? um i think well apart from just college students a lot of people don't want to make that commitment to a church mm-hmm. with membership period and um so that summer i was doing a lot of research and like what does it mean to be a christian what does that look like practically how do you interact with the body you know at the church and membership kept coming up over and over again. Mm. And I was leaving for Cedarville, right, that, that uh, fall. So in the summer, it didn't make sense to me to become a member of the church down there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I spend way more time up here than I do yeah. home. So I figured it would just be best if I, you know, found a church, committed to the church, and became a member. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I go, whenever I started coming, you weren't the associate pastor. You were still the intern. Mm-hmm. So um, it was just... I knew you here and I, you know, yeah. I just committed here and membership was the thing I aimed for from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause it's such an important step in the Christian life mm-hmm. and especially interacting with the body of believers. You know, if you want true gospel fellowship, you know, you want to be a part of the local church. Yeah. And that was something that I think really, really kind of hit home. You know, you find a lot of family in that too. Mm. So that's, uh, that was, that was probably one of my big motivations. Mm. And then, from that, having that desire, but also getting close with all the members, you mm-hmm. become like family. Right. So, yeah, I think that's to answer that question. Yeah, awesome. So now, as a member here at Cornerstone, uh, how involved would you say you are? All right, we we have we have a lot of members. Uh, not a lot. We're not a big church by any means, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we have members, uh, and, and I feel like everybody has a different level of involvement. So, what would you say? How, how involved are you? Do you have a, a specific kind of role that you see yourself in here at Cornerstone? Hmm. 
Um, I would say that my involvement level, um, I think it's pretty high. I do a lot, uh, not to boost myself up or anything, but I do a lot with the, the youth group and stuff. And then, so from that, I think that my main thing that I try and cultivate and practice, even though, you know, some, some days it's a little harder than others, but, uh, is really, how can I be like a tool to help you get what you want done? So like your, your family ministry, right? So there, I do a lot with the youth group and I do that. Um, and then I want to be able to talk to the parents as well. You know, that was a big thing that we talked about last year is just not being a stranger, right? You don't want to come in and be so involved with the youth group, but never talk to the parents. If the parents don't know who you are, you shouldn't be leading, um, period. Shouldn't mm-hmm. be talking, period, mm-hmm. to, to their children. Yeah. Um, so that was a big thing for me. And now some of these kids probably wish I wouldn't have talked to their parents. <laughs> you know? So uh, I have pretty much all of their numbers. And I'm just able to talk to them and, and uh, call them. And that relationship has been interesting to see that shift, though, from you know, I'm just reaching out to let them know who I am, but rather they are able to pour into me mm-hmm. um, so I can help pour into their children. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they're all hearing the same thing. So it's a very nice little symbiotic relationship that we have going on. Yeah. And I think, I think that's been really fun to, to grow and see that uh, play out. And it's also an interesting balance to be over, to be invited over for dinners. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll talk about something embarrassing about you know their, their kid or something. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, the parent will laugh or whatever, but it's just fun to do that, you know? Yeah. No, that's really cool. I think that's a super needed thing, right? I mean, you know, I came in here and, and there's no position. Like the position that they created for me was created, not necessarily for me, but it was created and I was the first one to fill that position. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so having people like you and other, you know, people who are willing to come alongside and, and help me as I, you know, try to navigate what this, you know, family ministry position looks like, what, what youth ministry looks like. Um, it's been super helpful and it's been super cool just to see you, um, you know, love the kids, but mm-hmm. not only the kids, but also like you're saying, build the relationships with the parents and, um, you know, having a good relationship with them is really super important because then they're going to trust you, mm-hmm. uh, to be more influential in the, in the lives of their kids. And, right. Not that we ever want to take uh, you know, the place of parents, right? And, and none of our parents uh, see our roles in that way. But uh, we want to come alongside. Be we want to complement what the parents are already yeah. doing, and kind of just come alongside them and continue to encourage their kids right. and, and help them grow in their relationship with the Lord. I think even in that, though, um, I, I I think for us that goal for the parents, it's not to you know to replace the parents, but it's actually the opposite. Mm. Like you said, to be able to come there and, and help uh, alongside the parent, mm-hmm. but also being able to act as that reinforcement mm-hmm. of these gospel truths that the parents are teaching. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think, you know, the parents would agree that it starts with the children. Like if we want to raise a generation of God fearing Christians, you know, it starts with the children, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. So I think the parents recognize that and they are so concerned about that. And then we are able to, to come into that position of humbly mm-hmm. and very graciously, yeah. you know, taking that responsibility on where mm-hmm. th- I mean, it's not a, an easy you know, thing to do. It's not a super yeah. light thing to do. It's super um, important. Mm-hmm. And we take it very seriously. And I think just in that we're able to serve the kids well, mm-hmm. 
but also the, the, you know serve the parents well, giving them that peace of mind that they're not hearing a different gospel mm. you know, when it comes down to it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think I mean, there's a certain right. We I've talked about on the the legacy podcast the importance uh, of families, right, and how families are supposed to you know make disciples of their children. Uh, it's the role of the parents to do that. And that's so true, but I also think the the role of those who are doing you know things like youth ministry is such a necessary thing. And maybe it doesn't have to be somebody with the title of, of youth leader or anything like that, but just the church coming alongside and offering mm-hmm. not a different message than what the parents are teaching, but having the kids hear it from a different voice. Yeah. I've heard so many parents you know, point out that like they could say the same thing over and over to their kid and they never get it. But once somebody else will say it to them, like then it begins to click. Um, I, th- I think that's right. There is the beauty right. of what we're able to do and what the parents allow us to do mm-hmm. to be able to say that. Right. Yeah. And not that the kids listen to us hundred percent of the time, but I feel like just having that extra voice mm-hmm. apart from blood relatives, yeah, it might be a little easier for the kid to, you know, find that, helpful or be more receptive to mm-hmm. it. yeah absolutely as you were talking i was also thinking a little bit about you know the idea of uh responsibility um you, you pointed out that it is a, a big responsibility the the role that we have with our, our high school and, and middle school students um but really like our, our oftentimes we talk about like earning um the respect of the students right because we want to be able to have that relationship to where like if we are offering good counsel then they're going to be receptive to that yeah. if we don't have a good relationship if they don't you know, have any respect for us then they're never going to hear anything that we have to say um and i think that's so true but on the flip side of that like we also are, are seeking the, the the relationships and the respects of the parents right because yeah. they're the ones who are entrusting their children to us right, right. And, and it's not like they just drop their kids off and it's like it's you know daycare at church um but you know they look at us and they say we we trust these guys to preach the gospel to our kids and and that's a a weighty thing and that's a uh that's a big task a big responsibility like you were saying and i think you know it's just a thing that we need to be constantly reminded of uh, of keeping our eyes on preaching the gospel Mm -hmm. right because these are not our kids right and we the same thing is true of pastoral ministry right this is not a pastor's church this is jesus's church these are jesus's high school and middle school school mm-hmm. students uh so our role uh, you know yours and mine alike is to to preach the gospel to these right. kids because that's what's going to transform them that's what's <laughs> going to change their desires and change their hearts well that's awesome that's uh, you know good to just you know talk out those things and even here as we record this podcast reminding ourselves of um the, the importance of of what we do right sometimes week in and week out it might not always feel like <laughs> we're, we're making that big of a, a difference or we're making that big of an impact but uh i mean even, even in that right it's like if you do have a bad week how how do you let that affect you going into the next week mm-hmm. right there's definitely been weeks where you know week's been hard mm-hmm. and that's carried over into the next week and the next week is even worse right so then you have to take a second to be like okay what is going on yeah so i think that's important too i mean even in that right mm-hmm. yeah it's easy to let the the frustrations or the disappointments pile up right and then that influences how you act the next time around but you know try to think of it as like you got to come with a clean slate every week yeah right? it's like you know these 
we're just here to love the students. We're just here to, to love them and, and, and teach the word to them. So, yeah, awesome. Uh, next question I have for you is um, how has being a part of a local church influenced your spiritual life? Right. So so you haven't you've attended church in the past, but you've never been a member. You've never been nearly as involved as you are now. Um, so how has really, you know, the beauty of church membership influenced your own personal walk with the Lord? I would say <clears throat> if there was one, if I had to sum it up in one word, it would be reliance, mm -hmm. how needy I am uh, on Christ, mm -hmm. you know, how much I need him in my day-to-day -day life. Mm -hmm. And I think you see that within church membership specifically. I mean, I've seen that within church membership where these people, I love them so much, right? But they point you all back to Christ. Mm -hmm. Everything that they do, they point you to Christ. And, you know, then you're able to point them to Christ. And it's just this beautiful relationship like that. And I think that's been something that, you know, I've been able to to use that in my own life where that's encouraged me in times where I didn't have, you know, members in the local church, right? Maybe I'm swamped with school and I'm just, you know, struggling, but then I'm, you know, able to call uh, a local, you know, a guy in the church and be like, hey, man, I'm really struggling with this. And he'll be like, well, you know, Christ. Mm. <laughs> you know? It's so easy that the simple question is yeah. what I think it is. Mm -hmm. But it's like it's like it goes back to the parents thing. Right. The parents can tell them that all they want. But if they just need another person to remind them. And then it finally sets in with the kid. I feel like sometimes that's how we are, mm. too. Yeah. Where we know the answer. The right. answer is always going to be Christ mm. forever. And um, but maybe that extra, you know. Someone coming alongside of you that talks about in Ecclesiastes, um, being able to come alongside you and help you get up and continue mm -hmm. in that walk. I think that's something that's important. So I think that's moved me a lot. And prayer, uh, I think prayer would be, the, the, those would be the two, prayer and um, just reliance. Mm -hmm. um, you see a lot of like, you, know, you hear the the cliche, oh, they're my prayer warriors. Or uh, I've, I've learned that everyone is a prayer warrior. Mm -hmm. If you really love someone, you will you will fight in prayer with them go to war with them yeah. and i've found that really encouraging i remember we we there's been times where i've sat on chris's couch um or in chris's dining room and we've just we've prayed for 15 minutes mm -hmm. just just fighting in that yeah and uh you know he's called me and we've you know just in those moments that i feel like the gospel we we have an understanding of what it means but when we see it lived out in those moments where we're able to you know be fully broken mm -hmm. in times of 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 need and being able to come to be able to have someone come alongside us and uh, push us towards christ mm -hmm. and walk with us is something that i think really reinforces the truths that you know we read about mm -hmm. i think that's key yeah. to the local church you know yeah absolutely no, that's awesome i just you know you pointed out that the the reliance is always on Christ, right? Um, but there's also like that you have to rely on uh, the church to to point you to the fact that you need to rely on Christ. Yeah. Right? It's, it's you're leaning on, on brothers and sisters and good faithful brothers and sisters and, and prayer warriors like that are are going to remind you of like you don't you don't simply need to lean on brothers and sisters, right? You need to lean on brothers and sisters who are going to point you to Christ. Mm. Uh, and I think, I, you know, I've definitely found that here at Cornerstone. And I think you have too. Um, yeah, we, we find that in each other. Yeah. Right? It's, <laughs> um, it's, it's 
just that, that brother brotherhood that we have uh, for sure. Uh, how has right? So we're talking about a church membership, church family, um, and at the same time, you're on the on the campus at, at a Christian university uh, where you know Christian community is a big. Uh, selling point, I guess you could say. I mm-hmm. mean, it's just, and it's a, you know, I went to Cedarville as well, but it's a, it's a big aspect of what Cedarville is, right? They, they push the fact that they do have this Christian community and they do. Uh, and, and it's awesome to be a part of that community. But, but how do you see um, that, you know, Christian college campus community differing from the community of, a local church. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I would say for myself, uh, we have to remember two things. One, Cedarville is, or a Christian college in general, is not the church, mm-hmm. and it is school. Mm-hmm. Those are the two things you need to remember. And I think for me, that's been key mm-hmm. uh, to remember that the local church. I do not find Cedarville to be the local church mm-hmm. for me. And while there are some things in the classroom that I can grow from, and you know, there are great conversations, of course, and I'm not. Uh, limiting, you know, the exceptions, but you know, the exceptions are still uh, exceptions. Right. Right. Yeah. So it, it's it, it's a different environment. Um, one, it's more academic. We focused, obviously, since it's school, mm-hmm. but it's also um, it's less serious and in depth. Right. Like we talk about, you know, in, in the local church and membership and being able to walk with someone. You want to be able to go to war with them. Mm-hmm. While there are exceptions, mm-hmm. right, at Cedarville, yeah. but again, it's academic acquaintances that you are all striving for the same goal Mm -hmm. right they're not they're not going to go up and bat for you they might you Mm -hmm. know they're but the christian community is different it's an academic school focused christian community these are friends like how you would have friends in high school how you would have friends at your workplace Mm -hmm. those are the type of friends you're making there with the common thread being christ right Right. you have that in your life you're able to have these conversations tough conversations with some people Mm -hmm. again but those would be the exceptions and within the local church um it's it's family almost it's mm-hmm. i would argue that it is closer than family in some instances right yeah. you have these these relationships and i think in that you realize how needed the local church is too mm-hmm. right the more i dive into the local church and ministry here and being able to, to walk with these people and i i realize how much i need this mm-hmm. for my spiritual health mm-hmm. and um how more how how reliant i am on christ mm. they they push me to see that yeah. and while it, it, i think it boils down to also the like you you know to be wise you have to take the knowledge that you have and apply it and so i feel like you know at the christian college you have the knowledge mm. and at the local church you get to apply it mm. practically yeah i think that's an important aspect that i've reminded myself of and i think it's important to remember if you're going to a christian college yeah right yeah i think you know, that last thing that you said, right? Because I've been in the same boat, right? I, I did the same exact program that you're doing at Cedarville. So you do get all this knowledge, right? The classroom experience is, is wonderful at Cedarville. Mm-hmm. And you gain all of this knowledge. Uh, and, and there are certainly, like you said, exceptions to how you can apply that there uh, on campus. But really, you know, what we're learning in, in a biblical studies degree um you know, all, all of these theology classes, right? Those are for the purpose of loving the church, right? Um, loving your 
your fellow brothers and sisters. And I think it's also important to point out that, you know, the local church isn't something that you just show up at on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Right. So, so I think a lot of people could possibly hear that and be like, well, you're at school, you know, six days of the week, and then you show up to the local church for a couple hours on a Sunday morning. But now I've seen how you have gone above and beyond in, in that regard to, to where you're applying those things to the local church, the local body of believers uh, outside of just simply the, the Sunday morning service that we have here at Cornerstone. So I think that's been cool to see. Anything else to, to add to that? I would say that um, <clears throat> the building goes so far. Uh, the body, if we really want to be specific, the body is the people inside the church, right? Yeah. And to be able to to be able to, to care well for each, you know, member of the body, it's being involved not specifically just in the building. Mm-hmm. It's being involved in the lives, like going over for dinners, meeting one on ones, coffees. You know, yeah. <laughs> As a college student, coffee is something that I could use every day of the, every day of the week, legitimately. Multiple times. Multiple a day. times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot. <laughs> but um, I think in that that's how you can practically apply mm-hmm. the things that you learn. But also in that you see a lot of areas, these older members in the church are teaching me how to love well, mm. how to love members well, and how to be a faithful member mm-hmm. of a body, right? Yeah, I'm married to this cause of, of Christ. Mm. So, you know, as any good marriage will have, you want to work that out. Yeah. You want to work these problems out. So being able to have that, I think has been really encouraging. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I would say that. Yeah. Awesome. Sweet. All right. Uh, the next question I have is, you know, kind of reminding us of you know, the title of this podcast, the Legacy Podcast, and, and how it's about leaving uh, a legacy of biblical faithfulness uh, for generations to come. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to leaving that kind of legacy, that legacy of biblical faithfulness for future generations, how do you see yourself? Uh, doing that or striving to kind of leave that legacy. And I know it's interesting for guys um, in, in our shoes, right? We don't have kids at the moment. Right. So it's, it's not like uh, we don't have our own little people to <laughs> uh, leave a legacy for, but how, how would you say you are currently mm-hmm. striving to do that? I would say it simply boils down to God's mission. Um, so, I talked about this in, in uh, Sunday school with the kids. Uh, we have two response. We ha- we should have one response to God's revelation, right? So we have response to revelation of God, and that should be worship. Mm-hmm. And in our worship, we are put on the mission of God. Mm-hmm. And um, so as our goal, while on this mission, um, of course, the mission of God being God's own glory. Mm-hmm. And uh, God allows us to be a part of that. And I think as a part of that, we go and make disciples, right? That's what Matthew 28 talks about. If we want to go and make disciples, uh, we want to be able to make disciples who can go make disciples, mm. right? So, and youth groups specifically, um, you know, our goal is not to tell them how we think or show them this is how they should think. We, we give them simply the tools to go uh, read the Bible and how to, you know, interpret and everything like that. And then from that, they are able to go into the world and have their own relationships with people and do this themselves. We don't want to handhold, of mm. course, mm. but we don't want to be so loose that 
you know, any false one of doctrine comes in. Right. So I think in that our goal and my aim and goal to leave a legacy is not a legacy for myself mm. or the church even. It's simply how can the fundamentals of Christ be taught so that they can be ready for meat, mm. right? As Hebrews talks about. Yeah. That's, I think, my goal. I think that's been my goal. I think um, it's changed mm-hmm. every once in a while to adapt and everything. But I, that the main goal would be to make disciples that make disciples that go and make disciples. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned like God's mission being God's glory. Um, we don't often think about that, right? We, we when we think about the mission of God, we often go to. Uh, you know, Great Commission, Matthew 28, mm-hmm. 19 to 20, which is not a wrong place to go to, right? It's a, it's a great text, uh, and it does explain what we're supposed to do. Uh, but but what, what you're talking about God's mission as God's glory. How does um, you know, our mission, how does your vision for uh, doing ministry, right, making these disciples, how does that fit into God's mission? Mm. I would say the... Uh... I mean, we can look to scripture. I think Psalm 67 uh, is a prayer, but also a praise. Uh, it talks about, you know, he says, let all the nations fear you. Mm. And if our goal, the worst thing man can do is seek our own glory. Mm. And the best thing we can do is give God glory. Yeah. Right. And the best thing God can do is give God glory. Mm. Right. So I think to make disciples would be to show that this life is but a vapor right but we have the ability to give glory to something Mm -hmm. and if that's not fully on christ then you are giving yourself glory Mm -hmm. and you are doing the worst thing you could do Mm. right and i think being able to make disciples that can go make disciples is being able to to start at the heart of the issue right to start with christ then being able to send christ from you know, one person to another person to another person, ultimately for God's glory, mm-hmm. right? And I think that has been something that, you know, we've we've talked about, we've worked on, mm-hmm. and um, something that we continue to work on practically. What does that look like within the church? Mm-hmm. But I mean, also, what does that look like in our own lives? Like, we don't want to forget the gospel ourselves mm-hmm. and, and go and preach a different gospel to these to these to the youth. You know, mm-hmm. you want to be able to preach the gospel that not only we believe but the truth. So. Um, being able to remind ourselves of the gospel is something that is really encouraging at times and also discouraging at times because the gospel shows how wicked and sinful we are. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we don't want to admit that sometimes and that's hard to hear. For sure. Hmm. That's good. That's good. Uh, I'm enjoying this conversation. I hope everybody listening in is having a, a good time just listening to this and hearing why it's hard for ministry, uh, for God's mission, uh, which is super cool, super exciting to see that uh, you, you talked about, you know, just the idea of glory, right? And, and ascribing glory to the Lord is the only right thing that we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, glory, it comes with this idea of worthiness, right? And we are not worthy of glory. We are not worthy of honor. We are not worthy of praise. Uh, and so that's that's why it's wrong for us to seek our own glory yeah. because we are not worthy of it. Mm-hmm. Right? And we often get that twisted. We often think that we are worthy. We often think that we deserve uh, certain things. Uh, and, and so we can seek our own glory in that way. But only only Christ is worthy 
uh, of our praise and our worship. Um, and I mean, even we could look to, to the scriptures, right? We think, you know, this book is so hard at times and so nuanced at times. And we wonder, like, who is worthy, right? If we look to Revelation <laughs> chapter 3, and he says, yeah. worthy is the lamb. Yeah. Well, there it is. <laughs> you know, that's it. That's it. Pack it up. We're done. All right. You know, we, we found out who's worthy. Look no further. Right. <laughs> How do we give that glory? Right. Right? How do we give that honor? How do we worship well? Yeah. What does worship look like practically mm-hmm. in our lives? How do yeah. we how do we show that? How do we, okay? Then that even stems to how do we give this to future generations? Yeah. How do we leave that legacy of not only you know what we should do as Christians, but also how do we imprint and show God's glory through what we say mm. and what we do? Yeah. You know, and if it, if your actions don't reflect that in some way, there's an issue. Yeah. There's a serious issue. Yeah. So. And I think you know, working in in youth ministry, there's. There's a specific challenge. I think there's a challenge with all of us at every age, right, to, to fight against the, the desire to pursue our own glory. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially working with, with kids going through middle and high school, um, when, when life just often seems to be uh, revolving around ourselves. Right? And I'm not speaking poorly about any of our kids because I was – there i mean i still in there testify brother i'm there too man Uh, so like but i think especially in in high school and and middle school when you have uh, the influence of peers and and just Mm -hmm. the the pressures and the the upcoming big decisions that you're going to have to make in your life there can be just a lot of uh, weight uh, in that area and i think there's a particular challenge trying to get get students uh to to see the glory of god and to pursue the glory of god mm-hmm. uh, as their you know greatest good yeah. um, and like i said that's a challenge for all of us but again there's a specific challenge at, at that age i think um, i mean we're not perfect either absolutely not we, <laughs> <laughs> i mean we slip up constantly mm-hmm. um but i think in that though that that shows the grace right if we're willing to admit our mistakes and flaws mm-hmm. and shortcomings yeah we're able to again give god the appropriate glory who did not make mistakes yeah. who has not slipped up right. and, and i think that's you know part of the challenge for high school and middle school students yeah. they don't want to um present themselves as broken uh, as sinners right it's not right. something that they're they naturally are are open to being confessing yeah. right it's just because in that context and in that age you want people to to like you Right, that's just how it is. Right, you don't right. Want to, you don't be looked down upon. You don't want to be outcast at that age, uh, and so you often hide your struggles. You often hide your your sinfulness uh, to the best of your ability. Um, but ultimately, that's that's for your own glory. That's not for God's glory. God God gets glory when we confess. God yeah. gets glory when we recognize our need for Him and we uh, show others what it looks like to be repenting sinners. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's a good conversation. I, I, I like that. All right, moving along, uh, kind of shifting our focus a little bit now. Um, still still in the church, all right? We're still talking about this covenant community that we've uh, been talking about for a while now. But as you, you know, step back and you take a look at the church, what are, what are some things that excite you uh, about the local church? Uh, it can be specific to this church, it can just be general. Uh, so what are some things that excite you? But what, also, what are some things that scare you uh, mm-hmm. or concern you? 
uh, a little bit. So what would you say? Um, I would say the things that excite me are, I think, true, genuine friends, mm. right? True, genuine family in some, some sense. Mm. But uh, I think that's exciting to be able to go and confess these things. But also there's a sense to it's not just someone who can correct you, right? It's also being able to rejoice with someone, to love someone. Mm to have that fellowship and that, you know, relationship and family well yeah. that can speak, you know, joy into your life, you know, and correction too in times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's super exciting. Um, being able to wake up, I think, here on Sundays, you know, and be able to come here on time, of course. <laughs> <laughs> being able to come and, um, I don't know, just be able to, to interact with the children, you know, uh, I don't think they, they realize how wise some things they say are, mm, right? Yeah. I was talking with um, uh, one of the parents, and she said that uh, these kids, sometimes they drop these little truth bombs so <laughs> so out of the corners of their mouths and on the side of their heads, they just don't pay any attention to it. Yeah. And then you're, just, you're sitting there pondering it for weeks. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I, I've, I've had that several times right? Um, where it's just been like, whoa. <laughs> Or you, you should be teaching. <laughs> it's like, why am I qualified? Oh, I'm not qualified. For right. This. And I think that's exciting just to be able to, to interact, to get all the, and, and to see how all these different walks of life, how they can come in together and work as a Christian community. I think mm-hmm. that's super exciting to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have that in membership. You have that in family, in the church. You have that in community. I think that's super awesome mm-hmm. to be, I mean, to be part of, I mean, you can, you can even testify that to yourself where just being able to walk along with someone, right. In marriage, you can see that, mm-hmm. but also within the church, you see that as well. And I think that's so fun mm-hmm. to be able to see that. And that's super exciting. And, um, things that scare me, I would, uh, things that scare me, I would probably say the same thing in some <laughs> aspects, right. Being able to, to come in and there's, I mean, like we said earlier, it's a weight mm. to be able to talk to these children, mm-hmm. um, to these, you know, these teenagers, it's, it's, it's a weight. And sometimes, you know, you have sleepless nights about it. Mm. Um, you don't want to say the wrong thing, especially if you're talking about something heavy, mm. um, or if a situation is going on mm-hmm. within one of their lives, you want to be able to speak truth into that, but you also want to be able to care for them. Well, mm-hmm. and that's terrifying. Yeah. It's, it's really terrifying. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause you know, you you never asked for the amount of um, respect, I guess, that, that the kids give you. Uh, they look up to you a lot, and they tell you that pretty frequently, and you're just like, no, go away. <laughs> like, stop, stop, please. I'm begging. Um, because it is heavy, and it is you know very, very scary. And like you said, you, you spend a lot of time thinking about it. But that's, I mean, it's, I feel like that's the heart of a, a true gospel centered person right Mm -hmm. you're you're on mission for the gospel and and it means that you're going to think deeply about these things you're going to think about how you can influence these kids lives for the gospel uh and that's super cool to see even though it is terrifying it um, is to to have that kind of responsibility uh but it's also a blessing at the same time to right to be there, be able to in that position point to Christ, mm. right? When yeah. they look up to you, but you're actually looking up to Christ, and that's mm. that's pretty humbling. Yeah, for sure. Anything else that scares you? Um, <laughs> in my in my head, I said Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> Some of you listening will know, but others, others might not. 
We will not go into detail. <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> Cut right there. <laughs> she will probably appreciate it. I'm sure she would. <laughs> She'd probably sit in there. Yeah, you better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You better, boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's hilarious. But uh, I mean, that just goes to show the the fun relationships that you've built here in the right. church, right? And obviously, you're not you know genuinely scared for your life when you're around certain people. But it's right. just the the funny playfulness that you have with your brothers and sisters mm-hmm. in Christ, and uh, it's just fun to to hang out. I, I remember last Sunday when we were raking leaves, you and Mandy were out there just like goofing off together, and it was, it was funny to watch for sure. Um, all right, so. This is kind of the last question that I have, and, and we can we can close it or we can just keep chatting. But what are some things, if if any, um, that you would love to see the local church do or practice in order to better pursue the goal of leaving a legacy of biblical faithfulness? Mm-hmm. So I think um, <clears throat> mine isn't specific to Cornerstone. Yeah. I would say just generally. Yeah. Um, I would say to remember that we are on mission, Mm. Um, as we talked about earlier, uh, being on mission for God. um, And that that mission is the most important thing that we could ever do. Mm. I think if we keep that in mind and we keep the right gospel in mind, everything else will come so naturally Mm -hmm. to the life of the believer as it should. Right. Um, I think we rely too much on ourselves and not on the Holy Spirit Mm. to do the work that it it wants to do and it intends to do. So I think as faithful believers of you know, Christ, we remember that we are on mission constantly in our day-to-day lives. Yeah. And I think practically that looks like for myself being in youth group, right. And being able to, to teach youth group and uh, be there with them and uh, cultivate a good foundation for discipleship, right. Mm-hmm. Start there. But also, I mean, that looks practically being able to go into each individual member of the church's vocation and, see fruit Mm. in that see discipleship see god on mission and god's mission being played out in the life of the believer and i think that Mm -hmm. is really key whenever we want to talk about leaving a legacy right right? but also how the local church can step come in a part of that right and i think in america we like to think that america like the american church is the standard Mm. for church (laughs) and it's far from it (laughs) far from the standard and i think the more and more we look to the gospel and look to the Bible, what church should be, what community should be, what, what marriage and relationships should be, that should shape our culture. Mm. And that should shape how the church interacts with the world, mm. right? We need to be on mission actively, yeah. but we don't want to lose sight of what we're on mission for, that ultimately being God's glory, yes. right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, the mission for God's glory. Can you tease out a little bit what that looks like practically? Um, you know, maybe just you know, thinking about your own self. What does it look like for Wyatt to be on mission for God's glory? Right. Um, I think the practical aspect is it uh, of it would be um, when you get saved, when you give your life to Christ, things change right your your desires your 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 ways of living change because you want to reflect Christ and to ever be conformed to the image of Christ uh, our mission would be to not point to ourselves in that but to point to God mm-hmm. right so to be on mission for God's glory would be to be a good Christian to be a good husband mm-hmm. to be a good faithful member of a church to be a good child you know these are the these are the goals mm-hmm. that we have 
and we mess up hard sometimes, <laughs> right? But also it's how do we get up from that mm-hmm. and show that God's mercy, God's grace mm-hmm. is so so far sufficient for our uh, our daily slip-ups and everything that we don't have to sit and wallow in self-pity, mm-hmm. right? We can get up and boast gladfully yeah. in our shortcomings mm-hmm. because Christ is ultimately on the throne. Mm-hmm. And he has always been on the throne. Mm-hmm. So I think practically it looks like your life changes whenever you get saved. But being able to live a life not contrary to the scriptures, being able to be, you know, we hear that cliche saying like, oh, well, you know, what makes you different? Christ. That's what makes us different, right? Mm-hmm. And if that's not shown mm-hmm. in how we live, if, if we are being conformed by culture and not conforming uh, culture to the scriptures and, and living in a way that is not counterculture in a sense, because culture is obviously a gift from God as well, mm-hmm. right? But being able to, to take our culture and make it something Christian and not take the scriptures to culture and let culture shape scripture, mm-hmm. right? We don't want that, right? We want to be able to, to, to shape culture through through the lens of scripture mm-hmm. and in that we give god glory and um so practically that looks yeah i would say that yeah i'd say that that was a really <laughs> kind of yeah yeah i think like you know, a lot of times people hear the, the term mission right and they think right it's outward and right. you, you and i talked with some of our high school guys about this uh just the other night uh, about how being on mission for God isn't always going to India, right? It isn't always you know going outside of the church to to bring people in, right? Right. That's certainly part of it, and we don't want to discount that at all, right? We've been called to do that, but it's also being on mission for those inside of the church, loving one another, uh, being on mission for you know my own life personally. It looks like you know how can I personally give glory to God? That's my mission, right? right? And that looks like you know, giving surrendering my surrendering my life to Him daily, right? Like reading my Bible daily, like mm-hmm. you know, praying to Him in such a way that shows that I am depending on Him for my every breath, right? My every that that's what gives God glory in my mm-hmm. own personal life. And then you can expand that to say like, how can I love my church family, right? And that gives God glory. And then you can expand it even more. How can I reach the nations with the gospel how can i point the nations to god's glory right um and so i think it just continues to expand but it starts with us right and then you have that uh mission within the church where you're being built up by one another and that just strengthens you even more to be able to expand even further outside of that i think our our idea of what missions is within the culture of the church is overseas right right Um, when in reality, it's like like you said, it starts inside of us. Mm-hmm. It starts practically there. So to remember that we are all on mission, mm-hmm. that the mission doesn't stop until you know Christ comes back. Mm-hmm. That is should be the driving force behind why we live the way we do, why we act the way we do, and why mm-hmm. we share the gospel the way we do. Yeah, it's ultimately for God's glory, right? To worship the one deserving of worship, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff. Well, that's all that I, I had for our conversation now. Um, thank you, Wyatt, for, for taking the time to do this out of your busy college student schedule. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, for sure. It, it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed having somebody else to talk to <laughs> while I do this podcast. It's not just me sitting here talking. Um, but yeah, so we're back here, season two. Uh, excited to continue making some more episodes. 
uh, and just kind of have a more conversation based uh, episodes just where we can hear how the Lord is is working in the lives uh, of his people, how mm-hmm. he is using them to, uh, you know, build those legacies of, of biblical faithfulness and, and see different ways how, how people are, are doing that, how they're they're viewing their role in that. And, and so I really think that that's, you know, how this podcast can help equip uh, other people in the church to, you know, figure out what their role is in, in leaving that legacy and how they can, you know, better work on that. So I really appreciate you, Wyatt, coming and, and sharing mm-hmm. your heart, uh, you know, for, for God's glory, yeah, uh, for God's mission. Um, so it's been fun. Uh, thanks for joining us. And we look forward to uh, chatting with you on the next podcast. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Austin Reagan, and this is The Legacy Podcast. Thank you.